to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Watch your back, son. I'm Luke. I'm Captain Captain Janeway of the USS Voyager. Captain Captain Janeway of the USS Voyager. Welcome to The Greatest Generation. It's a Star Trek podcast. By a couple of guys just a little bit embarrassed about having a Star Trek podcast, I'm Adam Pranica. I'm Ben Harrison, here to drink first and talk about Star Trek second. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, a, very... it's a Quark's Bar episode, Adam. Sure is. We've landed on the Quark's Bar square Yeah. on the game of buttholes. Right on the heels of a, of a Coco No-No square. Yeah. They shouldn't yeah. be that close to each other. I mean, we've had such a six months on yeah. the game of buttholes that like we haven't done this very often at all. And now it seems like all we ever do. It's fine. This used to be the only type of show we did. It's interesting that our lives went to hell over those six months also. <laughs> yeah. What's that about? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what are you drinking today, buddy? All right. I have a story about the cocktail that I mixed. and oh, you made I a did cocktail. Wow. And I did make a cocktail. So hey. my wife and I were out of town over the weekend. You and keep we bringing went... it up. You brag, brag, brag. Oh, I'm going to brag about this cocktail I had at this <laughs> uh, at this restaurant, Ben. So okay. I would say the genre of this restaurant is like, I couldn't even describe it. It's got the steak. It's got it's got the pasta, like American restaurant is probably okay. what they just should have called it. American restaurant. <laughs> uh, have a great meal. Uh, the dog's with us. She's coming everywhere with us. So we're like the people on the patio with the fucking dog eating. Rambunctious yeah. puppy. <laughs> yeah. It's another story. So we're out there and we have a great meal. And the uh, did you save room for dessert moment happens. Mm-hmm. How's everything tasting? Everybody save room for dessert? <laughs> the thing to say every time is, I, I'll look at a menu. Yeah, yeah. Dessert menu gets dropped. All the usual suspects are there. You got your little dessert cake. Is you got like your a, little... Like uh, a, a flourless chocolate cake, creme brulee. Every time. Plate of berries. The usual suspects. <laughs> and then they had their dessert cocktails. Uh, again, you got your Amaros. You got your... Uh, brandy i mm-hmm. don't know what 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 other things people drink after oh an espresso yeah sure uh and then at the very bottom this list was a mezcal white russian <laughs> that was my face that was my reaction exactly what you can't do that that's not how this works it's not how any of this works you're telling me you're gonna swap out the vodka in a white Russian for, for Mezcal? Madness. So you know I ordered it. Yeah. You know I ordered it. That's the, the thing to do. When you see a thing on our menu that doesn't make any fucking sense, you got to get it. I got it, and Ben, it was delicious. Wow. It's not what I made for the show. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you this because it served as inspiration for what I did make. Now, here's a thing that I do. Uh, I will make this cocktail for people when we have them over for dinner. Mm-hmm. I know I've made this cocktail for you on occasion. It's a cocktail I made when we uh, went up to Seattle. And we're just kind of dragging ass. The day before Thanksgiving is is the time where you want to, like, up the energy level. Mm-hmm. Guys, we just got into town. Let's do this. So what I will do is I will make a, a cocktail that includes couple of shots of espresso or or very strong cold brew coffee mm-hmm. 
a shot of Amaro. Right. You put a shot and a half, like the, the Adam and Ben shot is a two-ounce shot. Right. Of vodka in there. Mm-hmm. You shake it all around. You pour it in a glass with some ice. And that is your suburban speedball right there, baby. <laughs> you are, uh, you're on a rocket ship back to party town. And so that's the standard, right? Yeah. After my experience out of town, I was like, could I take out the vodka and could I put in mezcal? Wow. So what I did is I made that drink with instead of vodka, mezcal, amaro, couple of shots of coffee. Okay. Handful of ice, swished it all around. This is a drink without a name. Name it, man. It it kind of works. I've been mixing more with Amaro than than I have in years past, and it mm-hmm. is a really interesting yeah. second or third ingredient to a thing where you don't want to fuck around with simple syrup. Yeah. Maybe you don't have any around. It's and you, going to give you a complexity of flavor that you would not get in most other things. And I really love mixing it with coffee. I think people, a lot of people do mix Amaro and coffee, so that's not like new ground. But mixing those two things and a third thing yeah. in order to give it the booze buzz is what I did here. So that's the drink I got because I'm drinking coffee all day. Yeah. Per your advice to me, the tired puppy boy. <laughs> what about you, Ben? What are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking some straight mezcal right now. I, I, I brought I brought the uh, last can of hard seltzer and the last can of uh, hard cider I had in my fridge out for what's next. But right now, I'm just I'm starting my record with a, uh, a copita of some Agua del Sol. Bequiche. Oh, hold that thing up for the viewers. Forget her name, but a friend of DeSoto made this for us. Oh, that's awesome. For us. You should post that on the on the gram, dude. That is real nice. I really should. I think that they, it probably did get posted on the gram when we when we opened it up on a code forty seven. But uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll post it again. Uh, I'll take a I'll take a glamour shot. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, this bottle of uh, Bequiche from uh, Agua del Sol is actually something that uh, the the Podfather Jesse Thorne gave to me. Wow, it is really delicious. Good pick by Jesse. An easy drinking amaro. If you're if you're new to amaro, this is not a super like high threshold, crazy gunmetal flavor or anything like that. You said amaro. Did you mean mezcal? I meant mezcal. Okay. I'm already right. hammered. <laughs> Jeez, are you now? No. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I had amaro on the brain. I don't know why. It's because all I ever do is talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, we've got the drinks teed up, Ben, and we've got an episode ahead. We where, do. Uh, I, bet, I bet the characters in this episode would have killed each other <laughs> for a taste of these cocktails. Yeah, if they didn't turn the uh, mezcal bottle into a, a stabbing implement first. Yeah. Uh, we got some fresh fish, Adam. Can we get into it? <laughs> Let's do it, Ben. It's Star Trek Voyager Season 3, Episode 3, The Chute. Reverse course. Unless you've got something a little bigger in your torpedo tubes. I'm not turning around. <laughs> An episode that opens in a very cranky, yelly, alarmy prison yeah. when Kim gets gets dumped in. This not the a, sort of place you can expect much sleep, I'd say. A prison that is made all out of core 10 steel. The, the shaking chains are in full effect. Oh, yeah. Sawdust on the floor. Yep. 
It's a not a, not a nice place to be. And uh, we pan over to the chute in question, and it like irises open. I love those. I love those irises like that. The kind of chute that if it closed on you, oh yeah, uh, it's just gonna take off some fingers. That's that's a cutter right there. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and down slides Harry Kim. I see you. Kill him. Yeah! These aliens look like uh, early era Star Trek movie Klingons. Especially Zio, who is such an imposing figure uh, throughout this episode. Yeah. These guys, uh, these guys all want a piece of, of the new prisoner, uh, Harry Kim. And uh, one of them kind of crowds his way to the front and... Uh, and claims Harry. I say you let me have him first. <laughs> uh, this turns into a fist fight. Uh, one of those one of those prison fights where everybody gets in a big circle and it's like almost indistinguishable from a breakdancing situation, except for there's two people in the middle, not one. The thing about Garrett Wong's hairstyle as worn in this scene yeah. is that. This 90s hairstyle punches great. Yeah it, yeah. it reads so well when this character is hit in the face over and over again because it kind of pom-poms around. Yeah. So much secondary action <laughs> with that hair. There's a moment here which is like Harry Kim's hero turn when when like the camera racks in and he's like, um, okay, guys, it's not that I'm stuck in here with you. It's that you're stuck in here with me. <laughs> and then the fists start flying. Yeah. <laughs> he winds up, winds up getting pushed to the edge of the circle at a certain point and lands in the arms of uh, what he thought would be a, a friendly face. Tom Paris is there. Tom yeah. Paris hauls off on him. Yeah, you you got to impress the prison alpha in this moment, and that's the choice that Tom Paris makes. Welcome to Fight Club, Harry. I feel like when you're in Starfleet, you agree on some on some rules up front. If we're ever going to be in prison, uh, and you have to punch me, stay away from the money maker. All right, <laughs> keep it in the torso area if yeah. you can, or the knee. Do you think it's easier to sell a fake gut punch than it is a fake face punch? Like no question. Like do you yeah, think... because you can you can make contact with the torso a lot more than you could with the face, right? Yeah, I, I wonder if Paris pulled his punch a little bit. I mean, it doesn't look like it. No, Harry looks fucked up. <laughs> Paris explains to anyone who will listen that uh, Harry Kim is is going to be his property due to uh, the fact that Harry Kim is why Paris is in jail to begin with. I kind of wished that they, because the prisoners all seem to be the same type of alien, and I wish uh-huh. they had addressed that a little bit. Like, who the fuck are you guys? Like, wh- where did you even come from? You don't from? look like us. What's wrong with your foreheads? <laughs> I could not get past the credit sequence, Ben. I replayed the credit sequence four or five times. You know why? Beans Morocco. Beans Morocco is in this episode. You get a Beans Morocco in your episode, you know you're going to strap in for something good. (laughs) One of the great careers in all of Hollywood. Oh, yeah? He has been in every television show that the card daddy has ever seen and enjoyed. (laughs) I'm pretty sure this guy is, is one of card daddy's favorite actors. And with a name like that. You telling me you, you you don't have a part for Beans? Why don't we give a part to Beans? He's a working actor. Give Beans a part. Yeah. 
Still alive. 87 years young. Man. Beans Morocco. Uh, well, cheers to Beans Morocco, Adam. Yeah. We forgot to have a toast at the beginning of this drink. Oh, yeah. But I'll drink to Beans. So they finally get a, a moment alone. Tom has a, a little hovel set aside for himself that he and Harry go back to, and uh, they talk about how they got locked up. Um, they both kind of got run through this... Uh, Kafka-esque, <laughs> terrible judicial system that yeah. the Akritarians employ. Yeah, judicial theater, I call it. Talk about an awful alien name for a drunk episode. Mm. I, I'm going to hit the pommel horse most times I tried to pronounce that one. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, they also talk a little bit about, like, what a fucked up place this is. They think they're 300 meters underground. They haven't even seen any guards. This isn't. This is even worse than Ruripente. It is. Like, at least there you could get to the surface. They don't make a lot of hay out of this, but Harry Kim's ideas about how to get out of there are so fucking stupid. We've got to explain to somebody that there's been a mistake. What did you have in mind? <laughs> that I, I really could have used a reverse shot of Tom Paris. Like, oh my God, I'm stuck in prison with this fucking guy. Like, he's my best friend, but also, <laughs> holy shit. Like, this is bad. Kim yeah. is going to be a drag on Paris the whole time. It's something that you and I know as the viewers, right. but not something that Paris gives voice or attitude toward in a way that I feel like he could credibly do. Like, Kim is going to get Paris killed. Yeah, in the same way that Paris is, like, probably the worst wingman you could imagine for Harry. Yeah. Paris has been to prison many times before. Yeah. <laughs> this is the briar patch for Paris. Nothing is made out of that, though. Yeah, yeah. I've been accused of a lot of things, Harry. <laughs> I came on this ship out of prison. <laughs> I'm used to this shit. Yeah. Kim is like, let's find a guard and just tell him that there's a big mistake. <laughs> It's not what you do, Harry Kim. I could tell that day that Harry Kim wouldn't make it here. <laughs> uh, there are no guards to even talk to, Harry Kim, but yeah. there is the clamp, and this is a thing that is attached to every prisoner's head. It's yeah. a device that turns everyone in the prison into kind of a Rorschach type of figure, mm. yeah. and, and, then they, and they can't take it out without dying. Usually a little blinky device stuck to your head is a good thing in Star Trek. Right. But not yeah. here. Yeah, no one's having a clip show time <laughs> in this prison. No. So uh, they also talk about how hungry they both are. And Paris has been here for a couple of days. Paris is, has, uh, is down by law at this point, And he <laughs> hasn't seen any food show up yet. Yikes. I mean, you can tell why everyone's a little edgy. They're uh, hypoglycemic. Yeah, they're hangry. An alarm goes off, and everybody's really excited because food is coming. And it's even worse than shit on a shingle, Adam. It's fucking cliff bars. It's shingle on a shingle. Yeah. <laughs> That's it? That's yeah. what they get to eat? And people are shiving each other over it? Some guy gets his throat slashed fighting over this thing. What a yeah. terrible way to go. Yeah. Desperate for a cliff bar, and you didn't even get to eat it. We finally cut back to Voyager, where Janeway's log tells us that Kim and Paris have been gone for days, and the Akritarian authorities are extremely <laughs> unhelpful 
in this moment. We get to meet one of these authority figures, Ben. Yeah. It, uh, this, this ambassador, Lyria, is Robert Pine, Chris Pine's dad. No kidding. I didn't know that. Yeah. I knew that it was Robert Pine. I didn't know there was any relation. Amazing. What a hunk. Yeah, he's got good news and bad news. The uh, the bad news is that Paris and Kim are in prison for terrorism. The good news, he's Chris Pine's father. I'm sure the same could be said of anyone who was near the explosion. <laughs> yeah. Which, if you're if you're a real uh, like ham and egger of an actor who's just like a working actor like Robert Pine, you're gonna be okay when you're Chris Pine's father. Yeah, you're gonna do fine. Uh, he still works, right? Like, yeah. He's got recent credits. Absolutely. Guy works uh, his ass off. He explains that that uh, Kim and Paris have been found guilty of uh, bombing like a YMCA or something. You can blow up an old car. <laughs> you can strap cartoon dynamite to support beams. You can do ever what you feel. <laughs> so uh no help and uh we're actually also going to be impounding your ship and searching for evidence of the uh trilithium explosives that they used uh to oh, do it boy this is an escalation to the moment holy yeah. shit the look on Janeway's face when she is told to heave to and be boarded is like <laughs> withering like fuck i'm gonna heave too yeah Robert Pine does not get compliance in this moment, and no. instead Janeway takes her ship out of orbit in an extremely tacky effects shot. Yeah, the very, very digital space effects really stood out in this episode. Look, I'm not in favor of George Lucasing a bunch of old Star Trek episodes, but I might just snip this <laughs> off of it completely. We don't need this shot. This is addition by subtraction. Get it out of here. <laughs> Somebody, uh, somebody, do one of those like YouTube comparison videos where they they render this stuff out on their on their home PC in 2022, and it looks way better. You telling me we don't have 20 different versions of the Voyager leaving the orbit of a place? Yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, yays. <laughs> in prison, I I don't know if you get this. Sometimes I get a little scalp acne. Mm, just yeah. can't stop picking at it when it's there it's bad and kim is messing with this clamp like so much scalp acne when paris returns and uh it's kim that's getting edgy from the thing and paris explains that it's the clamp man the clamp be like that yeah it fucks with your your equilibrium the way to fight the clamp is to think about better times yeah don't succumb to the clamp fight it right it's tough. So they start thinking about better times, but they also start thinking about how to escape through the chute. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. In this scene, I thought, let's say your order of operations was escaping the chute and then dealing with the clamp. Right. Don't you have to start with the clamp? I feel like as soon as you get up in the chute, the chute is going to do something to the clamp that kills you or something. Likely the clamp is some kind of low jack or... Like, I know that Ruripente doesn't have an electronic frontier. No. This place probably does, and I bet the clamp is a part of it. Yes. This is what was so crazy to me in the scene is, like, I would make clamp job one. 
Yeah, but they they do talk about like like Paris saw a guy try to take out his clamp and it and it and it punched his ticket. So yeah, that guy's probably an idiot though. This this yeah, is a prison his... full of idiots. That guy never went to Starfleet Academy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think Kim's way smarter than those people. Well, uh, Kim Kim is uh, is who Tom Paris puts his hopes in because he's got a a pipe and he's like, hey, like with a couple of modifications, I bet you could use this to turn off that uh, that that uh, super shocky force field on the shoot. Harry Kim's MacGruber idea of making uh, jailbreaking inventions out of prison materials <laughs> is about to come to fruition here. Yeah. Paris, hand me that brick of pseudo-food. We only have 15 seconds left, Harry. Zio, hand me that other brick of weird food. Only 11 seconds left now, Harry. Hey, Rib. Your your name is actually Rib? Seriously, like that's, that's your name? Rib? I'm supposed to believe that... It's better than Beans Morocco. (laughs) (laughs) Back on the Voyager, they have to have a McLaughlin group. Issue one. And they decide that the best way to deal with this is solve the crime, figure out who blew up the YMCA first, (laughs) and then we'll go back, we'll offer up the off-world terrorism collaborators to James Kirk's dad, and then he'll be in a mood to help us. Janeway claps back at BLT in a way that I found very bracing in the moment. We've got to go back for Harry and Tom. Alana. Nuh-uh. Fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to have any of that toot in this McLaughlin group, Eleanor Clift. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's a little bit strange that they choose to trust the suspicions of the Aquaterians? Aquaterians? Mm-hmm. Like acrid? Acritarian? Oh, Acritarian. Ankylosaur. But they are going to trust those guys <laughs> that there were some off-world collaborators with the terrorists, and uh-huh. uh, they're going to help them in their war on terror. Right, and part of what makes this problem especially difficult to solve is that, like, the trilithium that was said to have been used in this attack is often confused with paralithium, Mm. which is a type of thing that old jalopy ships used to get around. Trilithium was like the thing in the missiles that that old guy in Star Trek Generations was using to blow up suns, right? You don't have to do this, Solon. That's right, yeah. So they're saying, like, you can convert dilithium into trilithium, but you can also convert paralithium into, into trilithium. Right. As long as you've got some lithium, you can probably get to three of them. That's right. Yeah, and if you can do that, you can be imprisoned for a crime that you didn't commit. Yeah. So uh, that's all the evidence those guys needed to uh, convict the Voyager crew and, uh, Tom and Tom and Harry. So they are off to look for paralithium because it's a uh, it's used in ionic propulsion in this area but right. back on uh, back in the uh, in the jail we're modifying this pipe with 14 gauge Romex in order to trip the breaker on the food chute you can find most gauges of Romex at your local home center but we're salvaging <laughs> some from a demoed wall panel 
Ordinarily, you'd want to run it through some conduit so that your local inspector will pass it for code. That way it'll be safe and it won't cause a fire when you seal it up in the wall behind the drywall. Nothing suspicious about this. Harris is the lookout while Kim is is doing some hot wiring of the chute. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we, we see something happen here that I know, Ben, you and I have seen in, uh, in the war movies of our viewing past. The I want to say this is from Rescue Dawn, right? Wasn't it Rescue Dawn where they talked about what's in their dream fridge? Oh, yeah, yeah. They start, they start coming up with the food that will keep them sane, the food that they'll look forward to when they get the hell out of this hellhole. I've definitely had that uh, experience. Like I, did, like I did like an Outward Bound type program in high school, and I was in the, I was in the, in the wilderness for 30 days. And Wasn't that the experience where all you did was like drink Kool-Aid and get <laughs> diarrhea? <laughs> I didn't get diarrhea. I drank Kool-Aid and it well, made my your poops... Your diarrhea, Ben, don't it, try to... <laughs> it made my poops green, but they were solid BMs. They were not loose. You heard it here first. Diarrhea Ben had green solid poop. Yeah, and never since. But uh, but yeah, the uh, that feeling of like I haven't had like restaurant style food in a yeah. really long time, and yeah. don't know when I next will is uh, is a real thing. I liked it yeah. a lot. Like Paris yeah. was like reminiscing about real Sandrines. Yeah, the Sandrines without Neelix. It's the best one of all. The Sandrines where Harry isn't there to uh, capitalize on all of the romantic opportunities that Tom would be otherwise capitalizing on. Yeah, guess what? Uh, Kim also does not capitalize on his wire work here because he gets some wharf lightning <laughs> for the trouble. <laughs> it is rough stuff. Yeah. I think this is just a, the shoot's reaction to them saying that they would eat Neelix's food if they, yeah. if they could. It's a scene that also initiates a fairly complex knife fight with the guy from before. Yeah. A real beat it video style knife fight uh, and one that that Tom Paris ends up losing. Kim in this scene goes absolutely wild with this tiny piece of pipe in a way that I couldn't help but laugh at in a way that they weren't going for because the way Kim swings this tiny pipe around makes him look like he's holding a novelty baseball bat that they give away before a game like yeah it's too tiny to look threatening you can't double hand something that short and make it look threatening i feel like you need two right right yeah give him two pipes he like he, john woo it makes him look pathetic in a way that i don't think was intentional and yeah i understand that they're supposed to be at the end of their rope and like he's supposed to be like panicking because Tom Paris has taken a shiv to the gut but like what he is doing has the effect of causing all of the other prisoners to back away in fear and that is not the energy that he is giving you know no there's there's a desperation that this reeks of that makes it not threatening at all and and I almost think that not having a pipe at all would be more effective because it would make Kim look like he's in more danger than he is. Yeah. The Shiv fight does not go well, Enterprise. It goes especially unwell for Paris, who has to be dragged back to Kim's cell after the swarthy prisoner yeah. uh, named Zio 
makes his own medical pronouncement by like touching the wound. Yeah, this guy's done for. I almost yeah. thought he was gonna like heal him by laying his hands on him or something. Yeah, Zio has this kind of like hippie energy that totally that that, that uh, in this scene I was like, oh man, like this guy's gonna be like the 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 guy in the in the jail that has like some magic power that saves them and gets them through. I totally want to rent scuba gear from this guy in Hawaii. <laughs> And just like try to befriend him in that way, like like where he'll tell you where the real good spot is, like the the, the place he doesn't tell the tourists. You guys want to see some turtles, huh? I know where the turtles are. <laughs> Coffee black. Make it yourself. I'm trying to help you see this as an opportunity to grow. Make it yourself. They uh, they go back to the the hovel that Tom Paris had had secured previously, and it's full of old dudes who don't want to take them in. Including Beans Morocco. Ladies and gentlemen, Beans Morocco. This place is ours. Get out! Get out! Get out! Beans Morocco is there. You don't want to get back to where you're living and find Beans there. No. He's only there to deliver bad news. Yeah. Beans Morocco sounds like a dish. I like how they taste and they cook pretty fast. It does, which is why when I saw his credit on screen and started Googling, that's what came up. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh, cumin, delicious. It looks like you're searching for Moroccan beans. (laughs) And also this extremely weird sex position. You've been to Morocco, right? I have. Did you have beans while you were there? I don't remember having beans. Beans were not on the menu, boys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you missed out, Adam. Those are that's one of the one of the great delicacies of North Africa is the beans Morocco. God, I really blew it. Yeah, well, I have to go back. They wind up showing up on Zio's doorstep. Zio uh, breaks away from writing the next chapter of The Hobbit or something to uh, yeah. to take them in, and uh, Zio has expressed some interest of in in Paris's boots. Uh, and Harry actually uses his own boots as a uh, as a tool of barter. And Zio's like, sorry, I can't help you, dude. Your feet are way smaller than mine. <laughs> Paris, those might fit me. Yours definitely not. Zio wants that pipe. And Kim is like, I'm not willing to part with that. So what is on the table, though, isn't that pipe. It's, it's bringing Zio with them. Like, yeah. look, we're going to get out of here. I know you don't believe it with this haircut and this piece of pipe. We're going out tonight. Zio's like, I don't know if I've got time When you're a writer like I am What you need to do is block out the time It takes to write your manifesto These are my my morning pages Is what I'm trying to say Writer's block is an excuse not to work (laughs) And I've professionalized Yeah Look, guys, I'm turning to the camera right now (laughs) Friends of DeSoto If you want to finish your manifesto Uh You just need to block out the time Just every day Every day Starting at 9 a.m., that's writing time. You turn off the Wi-Fi, you get the fucking pages done. Doesn't matter if it's five minutes or an hour. Progress is progress to the manifesto. (laughs) How many people in our audience do you think are currently working on a manifesto? (laughs) I think a non-zero amount of our viewers are working on a manifesto. How many people that currently co-host this show are working on a manifesto? I think a non-zero amount of hosts of this show are currently working on a manifesto. 
the problem has been I just can't carve out the time. Yeah, like I never get past like human history as the history of class struggle, and then I'm like, I don't know what to put after this. Eventually, I'll get to my demands. I just can't wait to get to my demands, mm-hmm, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not ready yet. I'm not like as scraggly as I was at the peak of the lockdown. I really like bearded out for a while there. Didn't you want more Tom Paris beard? Like yeah. by the time we get Paris beard, it feels like it's too late. It's too late. It's, we don't get to relish in his beardy. Eat hearty, brother. I cut you off though, Ben. I think you're going to say you're caring more about your facial grooming than before. But I was just saying like my I was making a lot more headway on the manifesto then, you know. You know what? It's funny. You want to look like the manifesto writer you want to be seen as. <laughs> you want to look like the manifesto writer that would really put chills in people when they saw the police sketch of. Yeah. When you unfurl the rags that you've written it on. <laughs> this guy's not messing around. He wrote it on coffee bags. The Voyager has made pretty quick work of looking for fugitives. And uh, the first people that they pull up on are a gentleman and a and a young lady and they're like hey so uh we're just kind of looking around anybody that's got paralithium we're asking him about this what do you guys know and the, and the 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 girl is like don't tell her anything <laughs> i love how universal this moment is when there's two people who are somewhat the same age together in the same place yeah. january's like We'll have to transport you and your wife to our ship for interrogation. And he's like, she's my sister. And our political views are none of your business. Ew, what the hell? (laughs) It doesn't matter what century you're in. That is always going to be extremely (laughs) off-putting. These people spill the beans pretty quickly that they are exactly who the Voyager is looking for. And, uh, and, And not only that, BLT detects the trilithium in their ship. This guy's sister, Peary, pops off at Janeway about how easy it would be for her to just take the Voyager on a rescue mission, shoot a couple of torps <laughs> at the prison, free both their political prisoners and Paris and Kim, and call it a fucking day. Yeah. And it's such an interesting moment in the scene because Janeway's reaction is like, we don't do that kind of thing. We're Starfleet. But it does soften her up in this scene in a way that changes her entire attitude from what it was in the beginning. Yeah, uh, like, we don't know what Open Sky, the terrorist organization, or Patriots, depending on which direction Mm -hmm. you're looking at them from, want. Sure. But this kind of raises an interesting question that I wish that the episode had engaged with more. Like, there's a big conversation in the like international development world right now about like you know when you donate like a bunch of like medical equipment to a country that has like a really fucked up government and like Mm -hmm. work with their ministry of health uh you sort of validate that government by working with them and it's like okay like on the one hand like more people will be helped if we can get this government to distribute this Uh vaccine or pill or whatever on the other hand, like it further entrenches the the power of this corrupt thing, and it's yeah. sort of like an imperialist attitude to take toward a developing country when you do it that way, and like that's sort of implied by this open sky group yeah. in this episode, and the episode just like completely avoids engaging with that. It does. I just wanted to do one thing to, like, make me sympathize with these two, you know? 
It doesn't make Vel any more sympathetic that he's like wearing these big fucking goofy horns and <laughs> and like a bear skin. Yeah, yeah. Like what put a on dope. a shirt, Vel. What the fuck yeah. is wrong with you? It does make me think, why not do this rescue mission, Janeway? It would kick a lot of ass to see the Voyager strafe in there. Yeah. And get these guys out, but we don't get an answer to that at this point. We go back to the prison where we see Tom Paris is reluctant to trust Zio. Maybe part of that reluctance comes from his confidence beard Yeah, that he's now grown. This is a passage of time beard. <laughs> this is the technology we're seeing right now. <laughs> the second he got stabbed, a bunch of hair follicles started like kicking into high gear in his face. <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. If, uh, if all you had to do was, was take... A, a wound to the gut uh-huh, uh-huh. with a stabbing implement to uh, to grow a full and lustrous beard. Yeah. I'd want you to stab me, Ben. Wow. Stab me in the belly. Do you want a beard that bad? I want one pretty bad. Wow. I'm just not willing to walk the miles it takes to get one uh-huh. is the thing. Yeah. Nor is my wife. <laughs> my wife especially doesn't want me walking those miles. No, yeah. Her opinion matters. <laughs> really does the person up against whom that face rubs most often she who has to look at my face (laughs) adam have you had your broads today that's a great call i'm gonna go get them got him hey did you see the broad bogo code that went out last week i did not oh ben i should have forwarded you the email why don't you forward me because i thought stupidly that you are already getting their emails I probably am. I just don't look at those. I don't look at. I don't look at promotions. You gotta accept Broad into your inbox. I gotta put him on the on the on the green list. Yeah, man. I've got four boxes coming. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you got through the ones that you ordered the last time. The la- when when they sponsored the show. I know we haven't had to talk about our finances lately, but that's a uh, business expense. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> a good time so often has a downside, doesn't it? Especially when it comes to stuff that you put in your birdie. We've all been hungover before. I mean, many of us have, I guess. Or we've had too much jazz in our gummy. And that sucks, right? Because you don't think about the time after the good time that you've been trying to have a good time. That's why I like Lumi Labs so much. It's the predictability. Through painstaking trial and error, I have found my perfect dose. It's what I can depend on when I can use a little more chill, a little help getting into a creative headspace, and I don't need to have too much fun doing whatever it is I need to be doing. And I'm so glad that Microdose is available nationwide. That means just about anyone can try it. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use the code SCARVES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com and the code is SCARVES. One of the amazing things about making The Greatest Generation is getting to see all of the cool, creative stuff that the Friends of DeSoto make when we do a Code 47 episode. People send in handcrafted stuff all the time and... They send in their books, they send in paintings, they send in uh, crochet work. It's so cool. And uh, I want a few more of you to have websites to direct us to in those letters. I want you to put your beautiful work on display for the world so that when 
we get to look at it, we can tell people where to go to get a look at it themselves. And you don't have to know anything about building a website to build a website these days because you can use Squarespace. It'll look beautiful no matter what kind of device people are looking at it on. Hell, you can even sell stuff using a Squarespace website. Don't make your cool creative project captain's eyes only. Head to squarespace.com scarves for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Latin now. Are you planning a heist? Gold. Paris gets gets to looking worse and worse in this episode, but uh, he, I feel like at this point he like hits a a a midpoint where he's like sweaty and slightly beardy in a way that's really attractive. Actually, <laughs> even Zio is like, you know, I'm kind of the alpha in terms of good looking prisoners, but when I look down at this sweaty Tom Paris, goddamn, yeah. Good-looking guy. Too bad he's going to be dead soon. Yeah. He sort of uh, wants wants them to leave him behind, and, and Harry's like, I'm not going to do that. And Zio starts to explain about his manifesto. This is just unwelcome. Like, it's fun to have friends who are writers, but when that's the only thing they want to talk about ever. Yeah, their work. God. Your work is not a personality, Zio. Yeah. I think the problem for Zio is that he doesn't have readers, you know? <laughs> like, if people were reading this, you wouldn't have to tell everyone about it. The readers you need, Zio, are all around you. <laughs> we're in hell right now, gentlemen. But he's got a theory about the clamp and the, the old, you know, this, this prison and the clamp. His manifesto is, <laughs> is about all of this stuff, and he thinks it's like a big experiment about making them kill each other to prove something about the human condition. I know that the very term is racist, but... What's fun is seeing this escape happen, because the pipe has been wired, and it's ready to be tested, and so Kim takes it to the chute. I was really worried that they were leaving Paris behind. I thought so too, yeah. When Zio touches the chute, it does not shock him. Yeah. And so they crawl right up in there. 
And it leads, Ben, after a couple of twists and turns through the ducting. Yeah. To a hatch. And they wipe off the glass to the hatch. Yeah. And the camera pulls back to reveal the awful truth of their circumstances. They're not underground. They're on a space station. This space station isn't underground with me. (laughs) I'm in space with you. (laughs) Fun, fun twist, Adam. Yeah, this is great. This is the moment before you get the credits in an episode in Lost. That's what this moment is. Right. This is the end of the fucking season in Lost. (laughs) Yeah. This is the middle of a Voyager episode. Right. They're not leaving you dangling like J.J. Abrams. There is no surface to escape to. Yeah. So this is a sad moment when Kim returns to Paris, interrupting his sexy dream that he's having about the Delaney sisters. Yeah. Maybe you just let Paris sleep if you're Kim. Paris is not looking great at this point. He's 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 wan. <laughs> yeah, Zio has diagnosed Paris with wan. <laughs> Call your doctor if you experience wan for longer than four hours. The way Paris is, he's kind of losing the plot too, right? Like he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Well, especially because in a few scenes. Previous, Paris is like, look, Kim, if it comes down to it and I get stabbed by a rando, I want you to get the fuck out of here and up into the chute and save yourself. Yeah. And now he's like, you killed me, you piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah. And this moment is like, you owe it to me to potentially die yourself to get me out of here with you. Do not leave me here alone. Yeah. He's not looking good. No. and, And I mean, no one's feeling good. What with all the laughter going on inside of of all of their brains there's sort of a weird scene where where they have trouble getting some sleep yeah because there's a studio audience making sound in their brains they're like sleeping together in a bed that is smaller than a twin bed and i i guess the clamp is just piping in like the seinfeld audience or something I had an extremely difficult time seeing this scene. I was just in a normally lit room during the daytime, and I thought the contrast during this scene and many others made what I was watching extremely hard to to parse. This was like maybe the worst of it, but like hmm. the scene was so dark to me. It was very dark. I uh, lowered the blinds, and that helped. Oh, yeah. I bet you did. You don't want anyone to watch you watching Star Trek. I put on my headphones. <laughs> That's what you do. <laughs> Got out of tube sock. Look at how wan he is. Oh, man. <laughs> Go from wan to wand. That's what you do. <laughs> the next day, Kim and Zio uh, are discussing an escape. Because yep. while they were very disappointed to go up to the top of the chute and see that it was just a window out to space, the idea that they're on a space station does suggest a an escape that has to do with a ship that could be there to drop off prisoners and those little food bricks maybe they could hop onto the ship and take it i thought it was interesting that they were having this conversation just kind of like out in the open Mm -hmm. like this was not information that they were trying to keep from the other prisoners and this is a scene that really uh drew a line under the kind of crazy that zeo is because Kim's trying to be serious with Zio about what they need to do to get the hell out of here, and Zio just will not shut up about the manifesto. Like, come yeah. on, Zio. Like, this is your chance to get out of here. 
And Kim is like, I'm not trying to read anything right now, except for the instructions to a ship that's going to come here to drop off food, bricks, and more prisoners. <laughs> what he wants to do right now in this very moment, Ben, is foment. Yeah. And he starts fomenting like crazy in this scene. Yeah. Now, I'm Castor Troy! Harry is really not himself. Like, I thought that Garrett Wong's performance here was really good. Like, he is still using his, like, Starfleet brain to, like, work the problem, but he's also like ignoring guys getting stabbed behind him and harry kim is like in his bones like in his in his very dna is like a character that is drawn to being left in space somewhere yeah. which this harry kim has been <laughs> there's a there's a harry kim that got left even more in space than <laughs> than that so i know he'd probably sit there and say crap this fomenting goes nowhere, though. This fomenting falls flat. Yeah. I love this moment. Like a bombing comedian at the Apollo, there's a, there's a giant cane going out to, to pull him off stage. Shit's getting thrown at him until finally some of this shit actually hits him in the head. Yeah. He was kind of trying to, like, inspire the troops. Like, if we all work together, we can over- yeah. overthrow the plutocrats that exploit our labor or whatever and they're Read like the room, fuck you man Kim. no no one's looking at that forehead as a as something they want to follow around yeah he is not really inspiring the troops and uh frustrated he heads back to uh i guess this is zeo's hovel now but uh yeah. what he finds is tom paris just in a in a daze like disassembling that pipe He's like, if I just take the wiring and the circuitry out from the middle of this thing, uh, I can use it as a pretty great sleeve for my penis. <laughs> now, if you've been confined to a prison for a crime you didn't commit, it can come in handy to have something for you to work out your sexual urges on. Today, we're using silicon additives to re- retrofit this pipe as a flashlight. <laughs> I'm Richard Trithui who will be spending today's episode in a federal penitentiary (laughs) to experience what it's like. (laughs) Having a great time. It's classic plumber's lament. I'm down in the boiler room of this federal penitentiary (laughs) where you might be surprised at the technologies employed. So Zio has grown impatient with the situation. He's watching Kim and Paris fuck around in his tiny apartment and finally zeo's like you guys got to get out of here paris is dragging us all down it really seems like paris should die like it would be easier for me kim if you just killed paris take him off the board because he's dragging you down too he's like so much dead weight i was trying to teach you how to like work the clamp to your advantage and now Mm -hmm. you're gonna club your homie to death with his pipe come on you know what's great about the manifesto is you uh, you wrap this this drapey towel over a Tom Paris, yeah, and you just choke him out with it. <laughs> <laughs> you can use the manifesto as a weapon. It's a it's the, one of the only manifestos that ever written that can cut off an air supply. <laughs> Kim's not going to do this, so Paris and Kim have to find a new place to live, which is a pretty desperate moment in the episode. Yeah, but but Zio's like. Like, you can join me. 
follow the way of the manifesto we'll recruit more you get seven friends to join the mm-hmm. manifesto and they'll mm-hmm. each get seven friends to join the manifesto right you know like pulse guns are at the other end of the shoot now like we can get up right. the shoot but there's still guys with guns but if we have everybody on our side if they all believe we can really sell a lot of leggings it's the only reason you even write a manifesto is to do something like this Mm-hmm. Make big structural change is what a manifesto is for. And that's what Zio is all about here. Yeah. Not a killer. Do you want to survive in here? You'd better learn to be. If you've been missing Chris Pine's father, <laughs> I'm here to tell you that, uh, that he did not just get the one scene. He gets a second scene, and that scene is now. Janeway is negotiating with him about the release of kim and paris but uh the acritarians live in a society where like uh this there's a movie that's been popping up on our antenna cable a lot lately ben i don't know if you've seen this uh this movie uh with ashley judd called double jeopardy oh i've seen that movie it is insane as a movie (laughs) it's absolutely bonk the state says you already killed your husband they can't convict you of it a second time. Almost as bonkers as the legal system as depicted in Double Jeopardy <laughs> is the acritarian legal system, which pronounces guilty is guilty no matter what new evidence you may have. Yeah. The legal system cannot retroactively acknowledge a mistake. Right. Because that would uh, cause the whole system to collapse. And Robert Pine is is like, yeah, it works great for us. It really keeps people from may or may not committing crimes like (laughs) yeah i mean it's kind of it's a real deterrent to doing anything really it's the Edo logic right it's like uh we're not really sure like how bad of a thing you did we're just gonna condemn you to like a a horrible death in a terrifying rusty prison at least the Edo are hanging dong i mean there's nothing about the acritarians that suggests that anyone's having a good time there's nothing appealing about them at all and uh, and so Janeway is like, all right, fuck you guys. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go work with the terrorist guy that we have on board that that hates you because he seems like he's right. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, even if they are a terrorist. So she, she's like, she's like, hey, I'm not actually gonna turn you over if you do this for me. Like, give me the, give me the coordinates. I'm gonna turn you guys over to to your authorities <laughs> unless you tell me where this prison is. And he's like, I don't think so. I've got uh, I've got different ideas, but uh, and and what I want you to do is get all of my friends out of jail, also. And she's like, "You don't have any leverage here." Yeah, it's wild. I mean, I love the the impudence mm-hmm. of Vel. Yeah, it's big fun. I'm not a good negotiator, and I don't think this guy does a great job in this scene. But I love the fact that he like tries anything because I never would. You know, I mean. There's a there's a desperation to this moment that I find really credible. Like what else, what does Vel have to lose? Anyway, no deal <laughs> is is what Chainway says. Inform the Ocritarians that we're ready to turn the prisoners over. She's just gonna drop Vel and his sister in that very same prison if they Basically. have to. Yeah. Like on the same trip. Like a rideshare driver doing a drop. There's coffee in the prison. And he's like, all right, all right, all right. I'll tell you how to get him out. And so they're going to go do it. They're going to do it in Neelix's ship, a they're ship gonna... that I can't remember ever seeing. Yeah. We only ever saw, like, Neelix's ship from the view screen, I feel like. 
Like the inside of. It is really Lego chic. It is like a four block of a Lego brick <laughs> with a windshield. Yeah. So so like things have gotten bad enough that Harry Kim is like physically fighting off the the prison gangs and like a fucking boss, Jane Way is the first one down the chute with the fucking phaser rifle on wide. <laughs> she blasts a bunch of prisoners. Tuvok comes down after her with the dustbuster. Hands on your heads. And a couple more security guys come down. They're getting set upon by Aquaterian patrol ships. And we cut to like inside Neelix's ship, which the last time we saw it, it was like a hoarder house. It was like full of <laughs> shit. And now it's all like clean and nice. I feel like yeah. the Federation way of of life has really rubbed off on Neelix. It was really like gray Talaxian gardens up in that ship. <laughs> it was full of cats. <laughs> Nothing worse, I'm telling you. I mean, doesn't Neelix kind of look like Alf, too? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no wonder it was full of cats. <laughs> he, he, uh, he was hard up for food sources. Ben, this scene presents the greatest challenge to any director of Star Trek. And it is, can you make it look cool for a captain of a Federation starship to slide down a chute into a scene, phasers blasting. And this is a success. You want to know why it's a success? You don't POV inside the chute and see a Janeway slide down it toward the camera. It's just a surprise that she shows up. She bursts into the scene like fucking Kool-Aid man, and... It rules. The fun choice is being in the chute with her. Yeah. But that's also the wrong choice. Yeah. When we get back to the sh- to the ship, like we get like one last little scene where the doc is like pulling the the clamps out of their brains, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that was totally like making you guys angry ass motherfuckers." And and in retrospect, Zio was the only person like Zio was nuts as as hell, but he had figured out how to like how to like channel that into manifesto writing energy you know weird button on this episode where like the last scene is like zeo being placed into the electric chair and executed in this prison and tom hanks is there like crying so sad on two it's tough super tough (laughs) harry and tom lock down the corridor and harry's like hey so like i'm kind of thinking about being haunted after this, Ed Thomas like, no, dude, come on, take it from me. You're I've gotten just out of hungry. a lot of jails. You're not haunted. You're hungry. Yeah. Let's go get a burger, buddy. Yeah. Paris is hungry for friendship. And at Sandrine's, that dish is all you can eat. <laughs> Did you like this episode, Adam? You know, I'm really easy to get along with most of the time. I feel like uh, you are entitled, and I don't use that word lightly, entitled mm. to a prison episode in Star Trek every once in a while. Yeah. In prison for a crime you didn't commit specifically. It was time. It was time for one of these episodes. High time indeed. Kim being the O'Brien of Star Trek Voyager. Yeah. The, the, the person that we just flog. I did like the episode. It was weird fun. I expected more from t- the chute. Yeah. As a thing, if you're going to name your, your episode the chute, 
I expected it to be a little more exotic, a little more dangerous, a little more interesting. Uh, it was not that. It was just your your run of the mill shoot. Is there like a movie where they find out that the prison that they're in is a space station? I mean, this is face off, right? Like you you're on a you're in a prison, and then it's revealed that you're on an on an oil derrick or something. Right. When did Face Off come down come out? Did this proceed? Ninety seven. This is ninety six. Face Off bit this rhyme. Face Off did bite this rhyme. This is I. I There's I no mentioned... Gina Gershon in in this episode, though. Which... Yeah. Bit of a missed opportunity not to have Gershon in here. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I mentioned on the last episode, this is one that I always expect. Like, I expect this premise when I do a rewatch of TNG. Yeah. And I think that what I get it crossed over with in my mind is that episode where Picard is in the cell with the, like, super aggressive guy and the super pacifist guy and the bullion Starfleet lady and they're eating hockey pucks and... Like I guess there's like some crossover between this premise and that, but I I uh, I really like this episode. I think it's just a fun Voyager premise, and uh, I I had a great time watching it. If you permit me to be Benjamin R. Harrison for a second, it makes me sad that prisons of the future are still not interested in rehabilitation. Yeah, why can't the Akraterians engage in a more restorative form of justice? Yeah, they're a bunch of fucking assholes. Fuck them. <laughs> Tell you what, Chris Pine's dad plays a great asshole in this episode. Yeah, just a raging red asshole. Yeah, one of the greats. Well, uh, Ben, one place where it's rare to encounter a raging red asshole is the uh, Priority One message inbox. <laughs> you want to go uh, see what we got waiting for us in there? Let's do it, Adam. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Need a supplemental income. Supplemental income? Supplemental. Supplemental. Yeah, it's extra. But the interest alone could be enough to buy this ship. Ben, our first priority one message is from Bowie and her mm. mom. The message is to the last Hoosnock and the better future to come. The message goes like this. Bury P1s from false prophets. Vote Worf for chief engineer. Sometimes Julian humps knees and we're not sure why. There are 200 TOS Star Trek books in transit. Malcolm and Kira are a supreme security power couple and hashtag relationship goals. OG from 2016. Shout out to Mr. Blue of RDHS the recommend well shout out to mr blue for recommending our podcast i think og from 2016 god 2016 was a long time ago a long time ago but that's when this all started if you're a a friend of desoto from 2016 we see you yeah yeah just like we see bowie and her mom you've been through a lot with us yeah yeah and uh you're gonna i mean if you stick around We'll see you through the rest of whatever bullshit's coming. <laughs> Our next priority one message is also of a personal nature, nature, and it's from Hillary, and it's to Adam and Ben. And it goes you know like, what my favorite reality show is? The Natchler. <laughs> Fuck you. 
I had an entire mezcal and an entire <laughs> apple cider, and I'm halfway through my Topo Chico exotic pineapple flavored hard seltzer. Uh, is it good? Is that Topo good? Pretty good. I haven't had one of those. I got this in a variety pack with other flavors, and I would say like <clears throat> like 60% of the flavors were bad. Oh, no. So I had those first and saved the yeah. ones that I liked for last. Yeah. That's uh, a good strategy. But, yeah, this is my last one. I, I like the pineapple ones. Hmm. Um, of course you right. do. Here's for a Hillary's, lot of reasons. Here, Hillary's message to you and me, Adam. I started your pod right before COVID, and it kept me sane as I finished school to become a therapist and kept a toddler alive with my anxiety. Throwing scarves your way for the much-needed laughs. Question, and apologies if you've answered this earlier. Where do you think is the best non-holodeck onboard location for chill hangs in Star Trek canon? God, I don't know if this is just hack or easy or whatever, but like 10 forward, when I think of a place for chill hangs, yeah, and it's not a holodeck, I think there's a reason that Star Trek Picard started that series there. It is so familiar and so safe feeling yeah. and so comfortable. It's where my mind starts for the answer to that question. I don't I don't know even what my second choice would be. What about you? I'm going to, uh, just for variety's sake, uh, I'm going to go to one that is also close at hand, but uh, slightly left of center. The, uh, the Ensign's bunk area on the Excelsior in Star Trek VI that we yeah. got to go see in the episode where Tuvok goes back to his memories of his... Of his ute. That was great. Uh, we've gotten to know like what the Ensign's bunk area is like a little bit in Lower Decks, the uh, the series. And seeing like Tuvok also having had that experience, the the like dormitory style, like everybody sleeps in one room energy. I mean, it just seems like fun as hell. Like you get to know yeah. your, your bunk mates really well. I'm a fucking introvert, and, and I have nostalgia for that, you know? Yeah, you're right. That's a good choice. So, uh, yeah, there's some there's some chill hangs available. I mean, like, I think anything not in Starfleet is actually the chillest hang in the Star Trek universe. Like, the people that right. don't go risk Another their Another point that Lower Decks has made. Yeah. <laughs> like, everybody else has easier, more relaxed lives, but... Uh, right. But, yeah, that's... Uh, that's my answer. It's a good answer. Uh, if you've got a question like that to ask us, go to maximumfun.org slash jumbotron. Ask that kind of question. Yeah, you might get a fun. very thoughtful response. Yeah, from a couple of drunk idiots. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? Did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda? Incredible. Drunk Shimoda. <sighs> Brother, it's me today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, feeling it. I think we both are. Um, but uh, I mean, we'll never have another another opportunity to give it to Beans Morocco, will we? No, we really won't. I mean, Beans Morocco on screen for all of ten seconds. But, but he gets, really he really makes a racket with those ten seconds, huh? He, he makes a racket with those ten seconds and gets a like opening credits name check. I do like that. I which, mean, look. It's not great. Anytime you have to share a screen credit-wise with a bunch of other people, not ideal. No. I think he shares with two others. Yeah. But where does your eye fall, Ben? 
Falls on Beans Morocco as a name. I don't even remember the other two credits on screen at the same time. Yeah. And that's the effect that a Beans Morocco has. That is why you make your nom de guerre Beans Morocco. It's one of the great, greatest gen names. It really is. Right up there with Ron Canada. It's right up there with Biff Yeager. The OGest of the OG names. <laughs> How about you? Did you have a drunk Shimoda? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to put my chips on top of yours. Beans Morocco. Great. Easy. Done. Done. Done and dusted. Objection noted. We'll do this without you. Do it. Do it. All right, Ben. I mean, this is going to disappoint some people. We do have an episode coming up next mm. in the series. It's Star Trek Voyager Season 3, Episode 4. What is its title and what is it about, Ben? It's called The Swarm, and the cap is as follows. While the crew battles a swarm of alien ships, Kess races to prevent the Doctor's memory circuits from deteriorating. Well, there's a chance we watch this in a weird way. The only way we're going to know that is by going to gach.biz slash game and the game of buttholes. The will of the caretaker. Yeah. I'm looking at our game piece throbbing on top of Quark's face on square 18. Yeah couple squares ahead we got something bad his eyes uncovered the tamarian style episode that friends of Desoto love to hate yeah they do not care for and i'm right. it's yeah. up to me it's up to you man you gotta roll that bone you're required to learn as you play roll all right i've got the die in my hand it's up to me to avoid that square and avoid it i have by rolling a one Okay. Chula! Did I win? Hardly. We're on square 19. We're still in the second row, where we've been for years now. For a really long time. This uh, is, uh, we've yeah. broken the streak of drinking episodes. We're back to a uh, semi-sober ep. Normal amount of sobriety? That's the way we'll bring you the next episode. And I'm looking wow. forward to it personally. I might All still right. take a brood anyway. Yeah. For the vitamins. It's just good vites. Yeah. Uh, wow, well, thanks to everyone who tuned in. Thanks to everyone who supports us at MaximumFun.org slash join. Thanks to the card daddy, Bill Tilly, who runs the At Greatest Trek accounts on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks, thanks to, to Philippe Sobriero, Craig Anderson, and Andrew Wong Hoyer for making that game oh, that we call. continue to play. Yeah, we do continue to play it. Uh, I think there's a, a new... A new square impending on the yeah. on the game of buttholes, the will of the caretaker. Oh, that's coming. We got to thank Adam Ragusia, who made our original music for the program, and Dark Materia, who made the Picard song upon which all of that was based. We got to thank uh, the friends of DeSoto, who have created amazing communities all across the internet on Facebook, Reddit. Discord at drunkshimoda.com and Twitter using the hashtag greatest gen. Yeah. Uh, thanks for being cool people who are cool to each other and uh, and treat each other with decency and respect. Yeah, there's a there's a secret Shimoda gift exchange that may or may not be over at this point, but it's a yearly bit of holiday cheer that the friends of DeSoto do with and for each other. Uh, yeah. That's just great. Some friends of DeSoto have made a FOD community cookbook. Uh, its writers reached out to us a while back to contribute some recipes. Uh, we've done that. 
Yeah, all proceeds of this book are getting donated to The Hunger Project, which is a global charity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is great, this book. Yeah, and there's, like, uh, they did a really great job of, like, making sure that the recipes are really international, all kinds of different cuisines mm-hmm. represented, and uh, it's, a really, it's a really delightful thing. And uh, we made a bit.ly. It's uh, bit.ly slash exocook to get that yeah. cookbook. Yeah, so it may not be too late to get that in time for, uh, for the major December holidays, but uh, get it for yourself. You don't have to get it for as a gift. Get it for yourself and start making some fun food. Be selfish for once in your life, you know? Yeah. Do something yeah. for you. Well, Adam, uh, I think with that, we should probably get out of here. And we'll be back next week with another great episode of Star Trek Voyager and an episode of the greatest generation Voyager that is uh, wearing some pretty old-timey costumes for some reason. Oh, you don't say. No! <laughs> I love an old timey costume. Make it so. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.